Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? It's Mark Marin. Welcome to this episode of WTF. I'm glad you're here. I've been crazy. I know a lot of you have been listening and, and seeing that I'm running around the, the country a lot, running everywhere. I'm exhausted. I'm nuts. I But some part of me likes it, I guess. You know, there's something about being tired and strung out and wasted and sleep deprived completely where I actually think I feel buzzed. And being a guy that doesn't get to engage in the stuff that really buzzes you good, being exhausted is just another way of getting kind of high. So I've been kind of high on complete exhaustion. As you know, I was in New York. And again, I think I thanked you already, but thanks for coming out to the live WTF tapings. I also was uh, there to uh, to do some comedy. I want to thank you guys for coming out to comics to see the shows. It was great seeing all the uh, what the fuckers and what the fuck buddies there. Uh, happy to meet you. Happy to get you a CD or a sticker. And, and thanks to all the new listeners that are coming in because they're starting to realize that uh, we're doing something interesting on this show. I'm very grateful for all that. And I gratitude is not something I come by easily. I don't know if you're like that, but I certainly am. Uh, my first thought is, uh, great, I just got something. Or, or great, what's next? Or, or great, that wasn't good enough. I actually say, great, that wasn't good enough. That, that's a, an indicator of where my head's at. I have to go out of my way to remember to be grateful and, and to say thank you. And there's something else you're witnessing on this show if you listen to the show. I have actually been able to uh, appreciate uh, the work of my peers, to uh, to appreciate that that this is my life. And I don't want to get all gushy on you, but I used to be so paralyzed with resentment that I was incapable of appreciating you know, almost anything. And I'll explain that to you in just a second. I do want to say that I'm happy to be back at the Cat Ranch here in Los Angeles in the hills of the barrio because I don't know that I am cut out for New York anymore. I know there's a part of me that loves it. There's a part of me that knows how to live there. There's a part of me that has complete appreciation for it. I actually was happy to be down the meatpacking district, which has become sort of a, a weird clusterfuck of a international mall uh, during the week and on weekends. It becomes a, a clusterfuck of an international mall mixed with horrendous drunk bridge and tunnel people. Jesus, man. Those streets look like a prom night for adults, just drunk women in heels stumbling over themselves and guys who are overdressed uh, still you know, persisting on taking advantage of the women who are drunk and stumbling over themselves in heels. But I had this moment in New York where it's very interesting. The exact thing that makes New York amazing uh, can become the, the, the exact thing that makes it horrendous in the drop of a fucking dime you know when i'm on that subway and i'm surrounded by all of humanity people from all classes from all cultures from all ages all one pumping through the arteries of this massive organism of which we are all just a cell and feeling at at one with it at one with the organic nature and pace of new york city enjoying it digging it sweating on the train with everybody else in the world of new york and that that moment of all inclusiveness of of all connectedness can just shift in a second to like, hey, dude, dude, a little, could you not, you're right on top of me. All right, you're right on top of me here. All right, I think you got something damp on my arm. Just like that. And that world just crumbles into this selfish, angry moment of resentment for everybody involved. 
So, in other words, I'm happy to be up here at the Cat Ranch driving my car, not having someone else's sweat on me. So let's get back to the resentment, gratitude, uh, the moments of humility. You know, I went to a gallery when I was in New York because I was right there next to the galleries. They're all down in Chelsea, and I just got it into my head that, you know, this is what high-minded people do. This is what sophisticated people do. This is what I was trained to do as a lover of art, as a, an ur- urbane individual. You know, go take in some art. You know, enrich yourself. Take it in. Go, go stand and ponder. So I go to a couple of galleries, and I stand in front of canvases that that may or may not move me. That's the weird thing as I get older. It's like I don't feel the pressure to pretend like I know what the fuck is going on with almost anything. Certainly not art. But I do have a certain resource in my mind that I built through studying it that, you know, what appeals to me or what doesn't appeal to me, I just don't have to force it. I think it's important to, you know, stuff some art in your head occasionally. Just fill it up. Even if you don't get it, put it in there. You know, get it, just, you know, swirl it around, you know, stand in front of a few canvases because what I've grown to appreciate about almost anything creative is that you're usually looking at the work of somebody that has sacrificed all, uh, you know, parameters, all contexts of a normal life to do this thing that you're standing in front of. They've sacrificed security, uh, a sense of belonging out of this passion to, to do what's sitting there in front of you. And it's, it's easy just to go like, nah, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't get it. Ah, that's ugly. That may be the case. But just stick it in your head to know that there's just years and years of like, oh, fuck, when am I going to sell a painting? How come my parents don't accept this? You know, why don't they like me anymore? Fuck them. I'm going to you know just drink for three days until I get a vision for this. I mean, there is a lot in there. That, that sometimes is what is at the core of something beautiful. It's just an angry guy going, I'm going to kill myself. Whoa, that's a nice brush stroke. So I think it's important to put that in your head. Not that, you know, it's not good to feel that way, but you know, sometimes out of that comes incredible flowers and poems and, and, and pieces of art. So just stick it in your head. So I saw some moving art. And then I started to realize when I was younger, this is where it comes into that. Something is given way. Something has gotten softer in me. Like, I used to be so paralyzed with resentment. I couldn't appreciate art at all. There was a time where I would go to the Museum of Modern Art and, and just walk by, you know, masterpieces. By Cezanne, by, by Picasso, by Monet. And I had these moments where I would think like, eh, I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. Sure, if I just, you know, made better choices with my electives in college, I could do that. I could make a masterpiece. I could design an atomic bomb. I could be a mathematical genius. If I had just done this, and I don't even know if it's resentment as much as it is complete grandiosity. That, you know, if I had only done this or that, I could have been a genius in any art form that I chose. That's how powerful I am. And and I, I appreciate what everyone's doing, but I just want you to know that I could have done that had I taken that one course that I decided not to take. Or had I picked up a brush or had I'd actually figured out how to do algebra. So I was incapable of enjoying anything out of my narcissism. And when it comes to, if it's narcissism, I guess, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll call it that. And then when it comes to like comedy, you know, there's such a resentment, uh, you know, that is easily fueled when you're in the same business. It doesn't matter what you do, but you're always going to look across the hall or across to the other cubicle or onto the stage 
or into the studio and say, man, you know, that guy's better than me. Fuck him. And, you know, and I, you know, why can't I be that guy? Or why, why am I not as accepted as him? So, you know, it just diminishes your ability to appreciate anything. And something just gave way. Something just quit. You know, I realized my own limitations. I realized that, you know, maybe I didn't do those things or I couldn't have done those things because I didn't want to or I just couldn't. And I realized also I love talking to my peers. I like hearing people's stories. I like being entertained. Uh, and, and I have respect for people that do it. And it was such a relief. It was such a relief to realize that, you know, that isn't me. You know, this is me. This is my life. That's their life. That's their craft. This is what they say. They're not doing everything to, to make me feel smaller. They're not doing everything in their, in their creative being to, to spite me. It's so relieving to not think that anymore. I can't believe I told you guys that shit. What the fuck is wrong with me? That being said, I'm very excited to talk to my guest, Dave Anthony. Now, Dave's a guy I've known a long time. And he's one of these guys, not unlike uh, uh, my buddy Kyle Kinane. There's a rare breed of person that, you know, is actually naturally cranky, but not cranky to the point where you you you, you don't want to hang around them. They're just a, a natural crank with a nice edge. And, uh, you know, Dave uh, used to do a lot more comedy than he does. But, uh, you know, he's a he's a friend and, and I always enjoy talking to him. So I'm looking forward to talking to him. So let's uh, let's do that now. I actually was going through some of the shit in this garage. I was taking stuff to the storage thing, and I found a big folder of of college and high school writing. That, I, but you know, I wish that wasn't the saddest part of it, Dave. What am I saying? My guest at the Cat Ranch in the garage is Dave Anthony, a comedian, and uh, I guess you would say blogger and yeah, writer. Sad. Blogger. It's not sad. It's not, it's, blogger's a little sad. But let's go. We're going. So I'm going. The, the saddest thing about this envelope full of college and high school writing is, at some point, I'd gone through it before, and paper clipped labels on like some good stuff here, uh, use later. Um, it, but the, the the most self-inflated one was a original version of. <laughs> this is this is in college. Like I had big plans for my poetry career, man. Yeah, well, I'm surprised it didn't take off. That's where I always saw you going, honestly. Did you? Yeah, yeah I, no. I, I guess I wasn't as clear as everybody else was when they were like, Mark, you have a career in, in poetry. Yeah, something really deep is happening in you. It really needs to come out. I, I needed to get the message out to, uh, to more people. But like we were talking about before I turned the mics on, I'm surrounded by shit here. Yeah. And it, it's really, I don't know why I'm, after a certain point, it really just becomes like, I, I evidence of a life gone this is pointless well i didn't want to put it quite like that <laughs> <laughs> let's just get to the fucking let's just get to it what well, it's this point is boxes of shit you don't need but isn't there something why do people hold on to it then i mean i don't feel that nostalgic about a lot of it but for some but when i really start to think about what's going to happen to it when i when i when something happens nothing's going to happen to it no the, what the the only thing that's going to happen with this stuff is it's going to sit in boxes and every once in a while, you pull it out and you go, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, man. But isn't oh, that I can remember that by looking at it. Like, you couldn't remember it anyway. Isn't it's just that, a box of shit. No, isn't that worth something? No, I don't think it is. What's I mean, the point? Well, I don't take any pictures now. I don't do anything. I don't even video anymore. It's all, uh, it's, I'm all audio now. But, like, when I... <laughs> Wait, what? You don't take pictures? No. 
That's what pictures do. What you just explained is the only reason that people take pictures. Yeah, but you can keep them on a digital now. And I, I, I think pic. Well, you're not. You're not having. You're, you're not gonna have kids, right? You're not. Uh, not that I know of. I mean, it could happen. Could sneak up on me. The, I don't know. The cats. They might want some keepsakes. I, if I ever have pictures of my cats on my phone, fucking shoot me. <laughs> All right. If I ever come up to you and go, dude, look at this monkey. Oh, this monkey. monkey on the couch. Oh, he's wearing a hat. <laughs> <laughs> if that ever happens, I'm done. <laughs> So wait, okay, but you have a kid. I get it. So then, you, what you, you're saying you're taking him for the kid, or to remember when you liked him? Uh, a little bit of both. Uh huh. Uh, there's a little bit of uh, hey, remember when you were fun? Yeah. And uh, before you turn into, I guess, an asshole at whatever, 16 or whatever. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe 12. your kid will be all right and won't turn an asshole until he's like in his mid 20s. Oh come on. What you think is going to happen earlier? Well, I don't know. Look, look at you. Look what he's dealing with. I know, man. He's got a. How old got, is that kid? He's got. He's uh, he's uh, 11 months. And he's starting to talk. He's talking. and He's walking. Well, he says two words. He says hot, and he says data. And so that's a fucking awesome vocabulary to say everything. I think if you ever do another CD, you got the title. Hot data. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he doesn't use it in that uh, context, uh-huh. although he should. Yeah, he doesn't really yeah. know it. So look, I, you take pictures of him, yeah. and, uh, and I think it's more for, for him in later years when uh, if he gets married or whatever mm-hmm. happens, and go, oh, this is the whole deal, this was the family, and blah, yeah, blah, Yeah, this is before we got divorced, and yeah, this, this is, is your before... mom before she... When we lived in that house. Before, you mean... my, before my mom slept with Mark Maron. <laughs> oh. What? <laughs> well, let me play that podcast for you where he said he wouldn't. <laughs> well, things didn't work out that way. That's so wrong. It is wrong. How could you do that in the future? I'm sorry, buddy. It, she, Just... she threw herself at me. Yeah. I well, really had no choice. Well, we were going through some hard times. I know. No matter how much I said, look, Dave and I are kind of friends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, yeah, and then she kept talking to me about and talking me down. Like, you don't know him that well. I mean, you no. just kind of started in the same town. I'm like, yeah. I, we didn't even do that. I just met him when I was it's, there. This is the this is the worst future ever. <laughs> it's really bad. Sorry, Heather. But you know what's weird is I'm going to box it up and keep it in the attic. <laughs> yeah, do it. Yeah. Keep this as evidence. Yeah. So what, now, how did you have a kid? I mean, what did was that I, a pl- intercourse? Really? What do you mean, how did I have a kid? I mean, you mean, like, how did I decide to have a kid? I mean, you're one of those guys where, I mean, I know you're on the live one, but we didn't really get to talk in depth about it. I, I knew you when you were younger, and we were both younger, and we've run into each other over the years, and, you know, you were doing stand-up, I was doing stand-up, then all of a sudden, everyone I, I know just becomes grown-ups, and they have kids, and, and I don't see them anymore, and, and, you know, they have stories about me as to why I can't see them. And... <laughs> Well, I, I I'm okay with seeing you. Yeah. I mean, you're 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 an oddity that I like to keep track of. Oh, good. But I but <laughs> I've never. That's a good description. Uh, Can I put that in? Uh, I'm all about you know archiving things now. That's going to be on the sleeve of my next CD. I like it. Um, Can I put that as a quote on my posters? Absolutely. An oddity that I like to keep track of, Dave Anthony. <laughs> a blurb. That's I want to be. I want that to yeah. be a blurb. It's very fitting. Uh, how did that happen? You know, yeah, he grew up. When we knew each other, when we hung out a lot in yeah. San Francisco, I was just completely fucked up. I mean, I was just a complete mess yeah. of a human being. You mean when you were funny? Yeah, back then. Yeah. No, yeah. it feels that way sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, you know, I was just a total mess. I was just destroying my career as much as I could and, you know, whatever else. It was the integrity man. It wouldn't do anything. That were was, you? Yeah, it was that bullshit. You had this just, rare quality and you still have it, so I, don't, I, have, lo- I have not lost hope for, for you. Yeah. There are certain people that are natural cranks. It's very hard to make crankiness funny in that way because it's a very fine line. And and it's rare that it happens. And there's only a few people that can do it at any one time. Like true sort of like, ah, crank, you know, like crankiness that's endearing. Yeah, and you have that. Because I think that 
it, that's who I am. And I, right. and I think it's very funny to yeah. be that way. I think that the majority of people you seeing doing it, that it doesn't work. It's not who they are. They're trying to be like Orny on. Adams. <sighs> yeah, that would be, he's a great example yeah, of everything. He's so cranky. Horribly. Like, yeah. Like I remember when he was maybe 30, he was out there going, I'm an old man. <laughs> <laughs> Look yes. at me, I'm an old man. I'm well, like, he, what? They're the kind of guys that are like mad at Canada. Like they don't get what to actually be mad at. You know? Yeah. It, it, you can see when someone's actually mad about something that literally they shouldn't be mad about. Oh yeah. That yeah they're yeah. just fucking exploding. I'm worked well, up. Yeah. So I'm the guy who's mad at shit, and people go, "What is he fucking mad about?" Right. Well, right. I don't know. Yeah. Why am I mad? My dad didn't give yeah, a shit. Yeah. You yeah. Know? But you don't want to go that deep. No, you, you don't want to go that deep. So you talk about the unless you're Eddie Pepitone. I just work with Eddie oh, Pepitone. Fuck. Brilliant! Yeah, the best. Oh my god, he's when he so gets good. good, when he it's, gets going, yeah, you could you wind him up, yeah. let him go, and then yeah. he just stops. He's he done. Watch, when he's done. He's done. He's done. You watch him peter around and become like a soft guy. Okay, I'm I'm okay now. Yeah, but like Kyle Kinane's a good crank. Oh man, Kyle Kinane is, uh, and I consider him the younger generation. He's like what thirty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just has so, a beard, so it's a little uh, yeah misleading. Yeah, exactly. But he's like, I'm guy. Love his new album. It's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. He's a, but he's like got that cranky thing, and then there's Lewis Black, and you know. Mm-hmm. But there, it's just a, it's a type of character that it doesn't come along that often. No, and you know, it's also hard to it's hard to be that guy in stand up because you. As you, when you start out, you have to open. You have to be the opener, guy. right? And they, and that's the antithesis of what you're supposed to do. You're right. not supposed to. You're supposed to be the happy, fun. Yeah, get the crowd. Yeah, going. get the crowd going. And I was never that guy, so I would just. I mean, you know, that one comedy club we used to go at Cobb's. Like the owner just wouldn't move me up to middle because I wouldn't. I couldn't get past that. I'm the fucking cranky guy, and that's what I'm going to do. And I'm the sour guy on stage, and just <laughs> move me up. He wouldn't do it, and that no, he wouldn't move me. Up. We were talking about Chris Rock, and uh, uh, you know, I miss this whole thing, and I think some of my listeners might be interested because I miss the real time. I don't watch it, uh, enough television. Yeah, I don't, I don't watch real time that much anymore either because it's what we just talked about. But lot, Rock was—they you know. were talking. How did the topic of people who sabotage your careers come up? You know, I, I actually don't know because I just saw the quote. I didn't see how it went into it, but you know, for you saw it from reason, Jim Merle's post. Yeah, yeah. Because Jim Rowe, who many of you know from uh, from my podcast, uh, is a fairly righteous guy to to a fault almost, yeah. but very righteous. And apparently, uh, Chris Rock had called uh, one of our peers, who is now passed, uh, Warren Thomas, an asshole for fucking up his career. Yeah. And Jim Earl called bullshit on Chris Rock, and Chris Rock apologized in an email mm-hmm. to Jim Earl for calling a, a a dead guy an asshole. Yeah. And he didn't mean that. Though, did, though Warren was, you know, arguably. I, 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 you know, if someone apologizes like that, I totally believe him. But yeah. there was like a day where there's something about, because there's a San Francisco thing where we, there's just that we got each other's backs. I don't know what it is, but it's like we were sort of this little tribe. Yeah. And we thought we were better than all the other comics and, mm-hmm. you know, that whole shit. Who was in that tribe? Can you fresh my memory? There was me, there was you, there was Hedberg, there was Patton Oswald, there was Greg Hedberg Barrett. wasn't there that long. He was there like two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Barrett. Patton, Patton, yeah, and then the older Margaret gener- Cho, yeah, and then there was the, the generation above us, which I think Earl belongs to, or no? Was Earl a little older than us? I think he is. Yeah, Earl, I'd say Earl's a generation. Like, like Jim Earl and Barry Lank did Lank and Earl, and they were there with uh, Warren Thomas, and mm-hmm. uh, I guess that was sort of the tweeners in between the uh, Paula Poundstone, Bobcat Goldthwait. But no, they're probably yeah. around the same age as Bobcat, right? Yeah, they are. I'm not sure when they started, but I know they've been around for a long time doing their thing when we, you know, came on the scene. Well, there was so. this whole thing about San Francisco, is that. Uh, 
you know, when you got there, you felt like it was comedy mecca. Like yeah. this was the place where you weren't uh, you weren't hinged to jokes of any kind. That yes. they would indulge your fucking bullshit for for God knows how long. That the riff style was invented up there, where yeah. it was just sort of like let me noodle till I land on something. Yeah, and and people would sit there and take it, and it was very infused into the culture of San Francisco. And there was a unique freedom up there. But by the time you and I got going, by the time I moved there and Pat moved there and Blaine moved there. And you were starting out, uh, you know that whole thing had been they'd all left. Yeah, it was all gone. Yeah, and over. But we, but you know the the sort of the spirit of it. Hold on, because we really pushed each other in in the, a direction to be creative and be different. Right. And there's a little bit of too much of let's make it dark. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, really dark. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, overall, like I think Hedberg really greatly you know, that helped him being in San Francisco and sort of finding himself because that's when he kind of figured it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so are you doing stand up now? No, I mean that's the thing. God, I mean I, I have a t- I have an eleven year old, yeah, and that I ta- I take eleven month old that I take care of, and so that's just like you know, it's sucking the life out of me. Well, let's let's go through a day then, Dave, because I, I you know I to see you as a father, and I know that like you know how you behave around me or around other people is probably this other thing. You know, <laughs> what are you, are you saying? I'm sort of putting on a yeah. It's no, I'm, I, I'm I'm no. assuming that when the kid cries when he wakes up, you're like, what? All right, what the fuck? You know what? Uh, how about another hour? Yeah, of just. Do you say that? No, but my my my. I want his first word to be uh, first sentence is you know first full sentence to be. Uh, Do you need a minute? <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> he. Uh... I'm sorry, Dad. <laughs> take, take a time out. Yeah. yeah. Do you need a minute? Yeah. Uh, no, look, I get up, my wife wakes me up at seven and hands me the baby and I get out of bed and then, uh, he runs around for about, uh, an hour and then I feed him. This is going to be great. I mean, no, this is, good. this is great radio. And then I feed him and then, uh, and then he runs around for another hour and then he starts screaming and then I put him to bed and then I have two hours to myself to blog angrily about to blo- the state of the world. Yeah, exactly. To blog angrily. Uh, or or to just sort of sit there and stare at the internet, yeah. Uh, or to take a shower, or to sleep, right? Uh, and then and then he gets up, and then it's you know th- it's the same thing. And then we we do it. He runs around, and then uh, he runs until he gets tired and he eats. Is there any joy involved in this, Dave? <laughs> yeah, I mean he's fun. He's a f- I love him. He's a fun kid. Yeah, but but there's still like you know look there's part of me that I. I wanted to be a stand-up comic since I was five years old. Yeah. I wanted to do this. Uh, I had some success. I always fucked up. I'm the guy who I'm, I'm the guy who had potential. What happened? What, 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 name, let's go through the all-star fuck-ups of oh, Dave Jesus Anthony. Jesus Christ. What were the big mistakes? Uh, in San Francisco, um, the big mistake was... And not pushing myself and and but there was no outward sabotages where it's sort of like you know like me where it was like when Chelsea Handler first got her show and I had nothing but uh, contempt for her I was like I'm not doing your show oh no there was nothing no because I never got to the point where someone wanted me to do their show oh okay so, <laughs> so this is all an inner dialogue yeah I mean look I, I'm I'm the self sabotager I'm the guy who, who you just beat yourself up well. Yeah, and it's all yeah. It's because my father was an alcoholic, and he wanted me to succeed, and how to get back at him is to never succeed. But you, you didn't. That wasn't intentional. No, that can't. I that's realized that wired. when I was like thirty-five. I right. realized that's what right. was going on. But it was There's just the key. It was just all like so. So San Francisco, uh, literally, one of the club owners is like, "You're you're the next John Stewart. I'm going to give you the fucking keys to the city. I'm going to give you all this time on stage, blah blah." blah. And I moved to New York. 
Right. Like, that's the kind of shit I did. Like, hey, we, you know what? We're going to set you up. Okay, thanks. Thank, See ya. Gotta go. And then, you know, New York. I went to New York and I was, I was, although I did have a fight with a club owner in New York. Lucian? No, Manny. Oh, yeah. Who well, did Yeah, he was always fighting. He's dead too, so. Yeah. He, uh, he, um, he, he, there was a big thing with another, another comic uh louis lewis louis ck no lewis this guy wore uh oh lewis uh right schaefer louis schaefer oh, oh the worst i had oh, a thing fuck. with him too who I, didn't he was a psycho yeah and he and manny at the comedy store put him in charge of running the shows for some reason yeah. i remember one time i was on stage i wasn't doing great which wasn't unusual at the comedy cellar yeah. and lewis was in the doorway telling me to wrap up before yeah. my time was up yeah and i got off stage i'm like who the fuck are you okay almost the same on oh, nearly the same i am on stage there's a guy heckling me, you know, completely hammered out of his mind. Yeah, so I start giving it back. We go back and forth. The crowd's laughing, but I'm really hammering this guy. And then I get off stage and and Lewis goes up and goes, "I want to apologize for the comic. He was completely out of line." And I'm like, "What the fuck just happened?" Yeah. You don't take the <laughs> jackass's side. Yeah. And then me Whose and team uh, are you on? Me and another comic, Ray James, got into it with Lewis and back, and uh, and then it escalated to a whole meeting with. Got to call a meeting with all thirty comics, in which Manny wanted me to say uh, that I had lied about the incident, and that I wasn't a man because I had lied, and he wanted me to say that in front of all thirty is, comics. Is this Sam Peckinpah movie? Fuck, I don't know. It was just fucking weird, and uh, and then I just got up and said, "I'm not going to fucking do that," and I walked out, and Attell was like. David tells like, yeah, he does it to everybody. Yeah, it's a rites of passage. Fuck. Well, I so I can't handle those kind of rites of passage. Yeah, I, no, I, I, it's pride, dude. Pride, uh, pride. It's is pride, and it's fucking justice. That that's the justice. No, how, I know. How, but there's, there's no just, reason. There's no reason to do that. No, there's no reason to do it. Just let's just everything treat everyone like fucking human beings. Well, which is why so, which there it we, is. Yeah, which we come back around to Chris Rock's justification for calling Warren Thomas an asshole, yeah. which he meant to say cocky, was that Warren Thomas, when Lauren Michaels had him sit out in the front office for what he usually would be about six hours to wait to see him, and he did it on purpose, Warren said, fuck that, yeah. and he left. And he left, which I totally I, get it. I understand. I probably would have sat there, although I gotta say when I was younger, I probably wouldn't have. Now I would. I mean, who knows? But Are yeah, you reaching I... out? So, Lauren, if you're listening to this, Dave Anthony's ready. <laughs> he's, how old do you know? 42. He's 42. He's ready. It took a while, but he's come full circle. He's so, ready. So I don't know if you're if you're the demographic you're looking for is sort of an older guy kind of <laughs> letting himself go, but that's my shit. That's my wheelhouse. Do you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have a sister. Older. And how'd she turn out? She turned out good. She's... uh. Yeah, she she she's not nearly as angry as I am. What is it that, about the character? Because I've not discussed this thoroughly, and you know, Odenkirk and I got into it you know, in passing. But the character of the the child of an alcoholic. Okay, let me just say this: nearly, I I, I don't know a comic, yeah, who has a father that's not crazy, uh, an alcoholic, or gone, or gone, right. I that, know. That's that's a the, good comic. A good comic. Yeah, that's the key. I mean, that's that's what it is. 
Yeah, I, I, it's very baffling to me when well-adjusted kids, you know, actually find their talent young and they have no darkness. But there's a whole generation of them now, dude. I don't all these, fucking get it. All these kids that come out of sketch because they already they're they're anomalies because they work well with others. I mean, <laughs> I think we were the last generation of yeah. comics to be like, I don't fucking need anybody. Yeah. I could, you know, and I'll 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 use people. I don't need anybody except for this audience. <laughs> Please love me. <laughs> Oh, you didn't laugh? I'm going to go home and cry for yeah. a week. Yeah, I'm going to take it personally for a long time. Fuck, yeah. But I mean, that is true, though, now that you mention it. Like, you know, if I think about the guys I know, their their dads are crazy, alcoholic, or gone. Yeah. The ones who are gone, I think actually if they survive that, do better. Because yeah. they have a lot more to prove. You know, the, the, you know, children of alcoholics and crazy people have spent a life managing chaos. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and it's not just that. If, you're, if your father's an alcoholic or, like, your dad was medical. Depressive. Still is. So, so what, what you did and what I did was to use humor to try and make sure that your dad or my dad wouldn't go to that bad place. <laughs> so we thought that we could control it by trying to be funny. Yeah. And we, we were just trying to make the whole place lighter yeah. and happier when we didn't want the dark thing to come in. <laughs> yeah. And now, oh, fuck, dad's screaming at the television. I'm scared. Right when he heard the tone change. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, my dad, like, because of the depression, it would be weeks. Yeah. Yeah, and months. So it was like, that was that was an ongoing audience situation where you'd get up and it'd be like, already? We're, we're, we got to start the show now? Well, well, okay, so what's worse? Is is it worse? Because that, that sounds horrible to me. You know, you're just talking about months of blackness. Is that worse or or not knowing minute to minute what's coming through the door? <laughs> I just never knew. I never knew if or when he was coming through the door. Usually I was asleep. Yeah, I didn't know which guy. And the and the bad thing is, is my dad was always shut off when he was sober and and nicer when he was drunk just until he got until he got really drunk but so so when he was drunk he was the happy drunk right and then so then you, that how confusing is that oh you like me when you're drunk but when you're sober you don't yeah. like fucking uh, yeah. why are you angry figure it out <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> jesus so there was this horrible window of possibility yeah in between like dad without alcohol in him dad with a little bit that was the window yeah and then like one drink beyond that yeah, well, a few drinks beyond that, then there's, it became you know, like then there's a, the the really drunk guy that's embarrassing. Oh, that oh really? Well, and, and embarrassing, but just so drunk that like we used to drive home from baseball games. Uh, we lived in the Bay Area, and so we go to a Giants game. You drive on the highway home to Marin, and I would have to tap him to stay awake because oh, no. he was so hammered. You got to open with that. <laughs> <laughs> that's bad. That's my that's my new line about everything. Oh, how great would that Any be to come, how great would that be to come out and just open without a letterman? Just suck the wind out of the room. <laughs> I was telling Eddie Pepitone that story. I, I remember Louis C.K. had his first letterman. I think it was his first time on the day of the Oklahoma City bomb. Oh. And I'm walking with him. He's like, I can't fucking believe it. I can't fucking. And, and I'm sitting there, of course. You know me. I'm like, you gotta bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> How are you not going to bring it up? It'd be a lie. It'd be disingenuous. I mean, this is happening now. Oh, God. And apparently, uh, Louis told Bob Morton, who was then producer of Letterman, he said, Marin said I should bring it up. And Bob Morton said, that's why Marin's not doing the show. <laughs> I never got to. Uh, I never got there. My closest was uh, Conan. And uh, and th this is classic me. So so it's my third. You know, you do several auditions. Yeah. Th third audition. They really like me. Then now they're just coming in to see me do a set, yeah, a yeah. set that I want to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You're in. I'm in. It's, yes. This is it. This is the one that gets me on. Right. Uh, and 
and so they're waiting. So they don't want to watch the comics before because that's sort of something they don't do. They don't they don't just go in and watch comics because then it maybe gives people you know an idea of that they're going to be on the show and blah blah blah. So they don't want to deal with it. So they they usually just stand outside the door and then they know when you're going on. Well, Judy Gold was on before me. I'll never forgive her for this. I don't like her. I don't want to know her. She did. She was supposed to do ten minutes. She did thirty five minutes talking to the audience. And then I went up. Just drained the room. Just fucking destroyed the fucking room. Yeah. And then I went up and just, but here's the thing. I could have just persevered and been like, ah, no, no, no problem. I can handle this. They're just there to see it. But I let it get inside my head. And for 30 minutes, I'm pacing around getting furious. And so I go up there and I'm just a ball of rage and, you know, it sucks. Yeah. That's, that's my career. Yeah, I've done that so many times. And I guess that's why, you know, I feel like you're a kindred spirit because, I mean, I've done that too where you, you, you've set up a scenario in your head that has no bearing on anything. Yeah. Like, because executives, you know, they, they don't know. No. They, and, and the thing is, is that, like, if you get off and you're like, that was great. They're like, it was great. We, <laughs> like, it, 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 unless you, if you don't let those demons, like, the, the people I've seen succeed are people that, like, you know, if that's the situation, the situation is bad, they don't even, they just go and do their yeah. thing. Yeah. They don't try to get the audience necessarily. Yeah, they just lock into what they have to do and get off. It's and, like you know who does. You know who, it, it, Tom Papa is that guy. Oh boy, yeah, he's that guy. He'll he's just funny. go up he's and fucking very efficient. He's comment. very efficient, and he and his half hour is great. Like on Comedy Central, I just watched it today. I'm like, this, this is a good half hour. Like very, yeah, very, real craftsman. Very nothing. Like so, he's just that guy that just go. He would in that. And and we were we were on the exact same level at that point. Me and Tom were hanging out. We'd do sets back to back. Blah blah blah. In New York. He just took off because I was the guy who lets that get to him, and he's the guy who just goes, I'm going to go do my thing. Right, but the weird thing about uh, someone like Tom is that he took off in the sense that he became a very efficient, palatable, uh, yeah. you know, and slightly original yeah. you know, mainstream comic. Absolutely. Like, he was a guy that sat down and designed you know, his, his disposition. Yeah. He said, we, we can't even do that now. No. I mean, there's no, like, for me, like, you know, almost every set, it's sort of like, oh, God. I'm gonna. I gotta put it out there, you know. (laughs) And I and I haven't been doing it that much anymore. So when I do do a set, it's just like it's like pulling teeth. It's horrible. No, I for the first time in my career, there's people coming to see me, so I'm very happy. I'm playing for people that like me, and and I I don't have that urge to assume that there is a contingent within the room that really just is judging me and has had enough because they're always there in my head. But that you know, coming back to the alcoholic or manic depressive father thing, I do this bit on stage where. I, if I push the audience away and I feel it, mm-hmm. I tell them, I say, look, th- sometimes I do that with the crowd. I push you away, I bring you back, I try to bring you back, I push you away. It's a little dynamic I call dad. And, and That's funny. But see, that's the weird thing is that like I think, like you say that you know the sabotage is to, to disappoint them. I really think it's to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. That, that I think that they were so emotionally inconsistent that, that you know, w- the risk was actually to get into the situation where they either said that we're doing a good job or they took it away from us. Yeah. So we're all, I feel like, you know, we're programmed to, to sort of like make sure that we don't do just a great job. Yeah. No, I think you're right. <laughs> because then the risk is like, then the, the old man's going to go, yeah, I don't know, it's not as good as I can do <laughs> or, or some, or some version well, you, of that. You know, or you think you're good. Yeah. You, that, you, you, well, you know, it's crazy about my dad. He's still alive and he's, you know, really, really drinking now. And, uh, but over the years, I would just think, well, he doesn't really give a shit about my stand-up career, and uh, and and. But I would find out he would tell other people 
that he thought I was awesome and the comedy was great. Yeah, and he yeah. watched this and watched that. Never a word to me. Right, right here. I'm right here. I'm in the room. Yeah. Right. Hey, how about some acknowledgement? Yeah. This is why I can't succeed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's 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 crazy making. I mean, that's that's insanity to because he he like brings tapes and gives them to people and they'll never never say a word. Yeah, I, I get and here's the worst part. I found this out like two years ago. My sister, uh, we were, I was at my sister's and we always talk about my dad when we get together. And she goes, uh, "Well, don't you remember wit training?" And I was like, "What?" And she said, "We had wit training. He would sit us. He had he, when my parents were divorced. We'd go over there on Sundays. He would sit us down at the end of the night." after dinner and give us wit training where he would like throw out stuff and we were supposed to be funny back and my sister would just sit there and I would engage in it because yeah. I wanted daddy's love and yeah, I was yeah. younger yeah, than yeah. her yeah so I had wit training how creepy is that well I, I've always thought that most father son relationships are battles to the death that, yeah. that, that there's an innate competition especially in insecure fathers that they can't they can't let it up yeah. like and, and even if they don't do what you do I mean, my dad, I can't tell you how many phone calls I get. It's like, you know, you should be the uh, anti-HMO comedian. <laughs> like something like, like whatever his, you know, his new, like now he's into vitamins. So I'm like, you should really, you know, come to one of these uh, vitamin conventions. Yeah, but I mean, you're, you're taking all the vitamins. I am, yeah. So you're, there is a part of you that's still. Yeah, he, he won that one. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a part of you that wants to please him. Yeah, sure. You're still there. You're still doing the dance. No, I'm not doing the dance in, in an emotional way. But you know, the thing is, my dad's fairly persuasive. Is that, you know, and also, you know, to his credit, he, you know, he was never a good enough father to realize like, I got a drug problem or anything else. Yeah. Like, you know, given the opportunity, I think he would prescribe them for me if I if I <laughs> if I convinced him well enough. Can you talk to him for me? Yeah. Hey, what do you need? <laughs> Let's get some Xanax going up in this. No, no, no. I just think that. I know like, what you're saying. Uh, that, yeah, the vitamin thing was just sort of like, uh, but you're right, because I, I fought it for a long time. And then mm. I was sort of like, uh, you know, I think my memory's a little fucked up. And you know, he's like, this is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. And now I'm taking like 20 fucking pills yeah. a day, and I feel pretty good. You do? Yeah, I don't know if it's the vitamins. Every, everyone who listens to me says, you're an idiot. They don't do anything. What do you know, though? Maybe they do do something. I, I don't think they do anything, but I also don't know otherwise. But, but are you one of those people that, like, I get emails from people, like, I had a conversation with Ron Schock, I had a conversation about, uh, with other people about, you know, mystical things, about, like, not so much the afterlife, but is there another plane, or, you know, is there something beyond coincidence? And then, you know, I get these emails from these fucking rationalists that say, well, that's easily explained by science. It's like, well, you know what, I don't want it to be. No. Yeah, you know, if ever, where's your imagination? Well, well the, the response to that is, why does, why does that have to be what it why does it have to be rational like how about i just have my thing and you can have your rational thing because they're pissed off because you're 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 lying it's oh, not the fuck. truth who gives a shit yeah <laughs> i mean seriously who gives a shit i mean it's one thing if my my religious beliefs or my spirituality or whatever is getting all in your shit like you know abortion laws or whatever the fuck it is but you know if if you're spiritual you can Keep that to yourself and do your thing. It's just so insane when you bring it up and people have that reaction. I've been around those guys. Do you talk about? You're lucky though. You're lucky you didn't become that kind of control freak. Yeah, but I'm the guy. If if uh, I, if, you know, people don't do, and I actually don't talk about uh, any spiritual shit at all. But but if if someone brought it up to me, uh, I'm not the guy who'd be like, yeah. I would 
I would, you were not the guy that says that's ridiculous. You're delusional. And I would say, "Fuck you!" What's your who, who the fuck are you coming into my my head? Get the fuck out of here. Well, what I've grown to uh, believe is that you know if if your beliefs are personal mm-hmm. and they work for you and and they somehow sustain your mental well being as much mm-hmm. as possible in this world of shit we live in, yeah, then. So be it. More power to you. For some people, it's so difficult just to get up and get out of out of bed and take a shower and get in the car and go to work. Let them believe in God if that's what gets them being a normal human being. It's when people become moralizing or, or proselytizing or yeah. or, or uh, uh, murderous. <laughs> the <laughs> killing of other people. Well, it's like I was at my my wife works at UCLA and we were I went she's over there. She's a psychiatrist, there. right? Yeah, she's a psych- psychologist. Different psychiatrist can prescribe drugs. She doesn't. And you said that that uh, at some point she was really into the show, and then she we went through a hard time. You guys did. You guys, you guys had a connection. Uh, she thought you were really great, and then you had a you had a sort of a dark period. Your relationship where uh, we don't know what caused that though. Not sure. I don't remember hmm. um, what what caused it. Uh, you know, but I think I think like most people, people get taken in by you, and then. They get to learn more about you, and yeah. that's when the difficult time happens. Right, right. It's like, I had no idea. I got an email today. I told a story about killing a mouse. I got an email from a very, very upset woman who said, and I had just bought front row seats in Philly, and this whole macho bullshit about killing what? the mouse. What the fuck is that? She, it upset her. It upset her that I killed a mouse where, where, where in her mind, I should have- where, where was the mouse? In my house. Okay, seriously? Yeah. That, that is uh, mice- and they have vermin on them. Yeah. Are they vermin? Yeah, no. Well, some people call them vermin. Okay, but they have little bugs yeah. and they, they carry, yeah, they shit. Yeah. And they eat your food. So yeah. you're supposed to, what are you supposed to do? Catch the mouse and let it right. out back and then it comes back in because it's a house mouse. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know what? You're much better if you have field mice. There's something called the carrying capacity and that's, and that's, it's a scientific term and it's when there's too many of one animal uh, if you don't kill them, if there's no predators, there right. will be too many of one animal, and then they will start to get diseases and die. So by killing a mouse, you're actually keeping it at the carrying capacity that it needs to be at. Well, I, I thank didn't, you. Well, this is just that's one of those rational arguments that Isn't we it? were just talking yeah. about. <laughs> I just brought it. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I said. I, I I wrote her back saying, "Well, look, I'm sorry if I upset you. The oh, mouse. Fuck. The... Wait no. a minute. Wait, okay. wait, 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 wait. Really? Wait. wait. Let me let me follow through." I said, I'm sorry that I upset you. The mouse I killed in the uh, coffee shop was a mercy killing. The mouse I killed in my apartment because it was shitting. Uh, I, I killed because I, I didn't want it in my house. I understand your feelings. You know, I don't know if I would do that again, but I am very decent with animals. You make your own decision about the show in Philly. Okay, please. That's 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 too nice, but yeah. Uh, can I write my own letter? <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, listen, <laughs> I have a house and... Uh, it's not the cleanest house. There's boxes and shit I work. So I'm a little bit of a hoarder at this point. Are you? Uh, well, I'm in a transitional uh, period where uh, I used to be a sort of a, a mean narcissist, and now I'm trying to be a nicer narcissist. But I still keep all my shit in boxes, and it's a little, it's a little. Um, I thought you threw some of it away. No, no. Uh, well, we I pretend about that? I pretend to throw stuff. I'm talking about you. I'm being you right now. Oh, you can't even fucking see. I'm when- sorry. I thought you were okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I didn't know you were doing an impression. Well, I don't go do ahead. the voice. Okay, go ahead. So Fuck, you... it's all bad now. It's just... No, it's not. Just all right. It. So, so listen. Uh, so yeah, I killed the mouse, and, and here's why: because 
I'm not like a dirty hobo and I don't like to live with small uh, rodents crawling around my apartment and getting in my shit and tearing up my boxes. So actually, since I own the house, uh, I get a little bit upset when I see something disgusting crawling around my house. So I kill it because I'm a human being and I'm not a freak. Don't, just don't listen to the show. If, if that upsets you, I cannot imagine the shit down the road that's going to upset you. You should leave now. No, I, I I understand that. I I put it. I put the onus on her, and she got back to me and said that uh, you know she's still a fan. And she understands. Wow, she's not a fan of me though, is she? Not now, because I did that. Well, no, but I just think that like I don't. You know, I'm not so. I've gotten a little callous about uh, animals in the sense that like I have to live with the idea that maybe a coyote will take out Boomer. Yeah, I know. But you know, but quite honestly, Boomer sprays pee everywhere in the house. And oh, that's not good. No, everywhere. Like, you know, yeah. like, like, and you, de- you never know where it's going to be. Yeah. It's like, where's it coming from? Oh, my God. I'm, you know, I'm in my car. He couldn't have peed in my car, but could he have peed in my shoes? Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, but Boomer's okay outside and he, and he sleeps under the house and he's perfectly happy. But I know in my heart that maybe he could be hurt out here, yeah. but I have to live with that. And the fact is he's an animal. He is an animal. And I've gotten flack for that. Like, you know, you're not being a responsible cat owner. I'm like, dude, I rescue cats. I love my cats. Where was but he? But I like to not smell like cat pee in my shoes. Where was he before you had him? In a shelter. Okay, so fuck. And he was a freak. Someone had abused him. Okay, so he's got a, he Right now he's living the high life as far as he's yeah, concerned. Yeah, he's, he's out there a on a lounge chair. Cactus and a yeah. lounge chair. Yeah, he's, he's hanging good. out. Yeah, you know what? He is an animal. And that's, you know, there's predators and then there's animals and then there's animals that pee in your shit and they have to be outside. Yeah, because my vegetarian friend at the time, I killed that mouse in my apartment, it suggested the trap where you, you take the mouse somewhere. I'm not driving to the country. Okay, what? Okay, let me, let me tell you something. When I lived in New York, I had mice in my apartment and uh, this is the worst thing. How did you, how did you kill it? Sticky trap. Fuck. Yeah, I did that. That, that sucks. Well, you got you got to kill it twice. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, I, I and I look back on it, I would have just people are like, you can't do the the the, the snap snaps. one because that just breaks their back and their their neck, and then they. Yeah, it's and, much and better they, if they're really? fully aware. Because, and because it's, it's better if they <laughs> they stick to something and then try to gnaw their feet off. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. And no, no, and then you have to like kill them somehow, uh, and even though you don't want to see it. Uh, it's yeah. it's it's horrible, you know. But you you, you grow up with a lot of animals, and sometimes you got to take care of it. I like animals, and we got. I got three cats. I got too many cats. You do? Yeah, yeah. I got too many cats. I heard there's something about having cats and babies. No, no, it's horseshit. It's so crazy. Everyone says that you got to get rid of your cats now. <laughs> no, you don't. You know why? Because um, everybody has cats. There's a lot of cats in the world, and you know what? You never hear. Oh my god, my cat killed my baby. <laughs> you don't hear that. I you, thought but you hear just old ladies going, "You have to get rid of your cat." I thought it was a disease or something in the poop or something. Ever anybody who has cats has that disease. It's the most common disease in the world. I have it. Yeah, it's tricto something or something. I had no idea I had that. Yeah, it's, maybe I don't because the vitamins I'm taking are. Kidding. No, you got it. We all got it. Yeah, and they don't know what it does, and it you know it doesn't seem to do anything. It doesn't it, cause uh, genital warts well, in other people. <laughs> Do you have that one? Oh, Never mind. <laughs> oh, it's all coming together. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, no, it 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 only hurts uh, people who have weak immune systems. Oh, like anything. Uh, like AIDS. Yeah, uh, is you know really bad for people who have the cat disease. Yeah, you saw transpotting, right? It's it's fairly bad for no, anybody. True story. Yeah. <laughs> AIDS is just bad. It's not good for anybody. Well, I mean, I'm, that's why, yeah, I try not to get it. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're out of the, I think you're out of the tunnel now. I am. A, um, yeah, I'm seeing the light. 
Yeah, coming good. out of the, the I won't get AIDS tunnel. That's good. It's really great, Mark. It is. I I was going through a an old box of shit that I brought up. You earlier. were. Yeah. Where and, was it? Was it? And, I can't see any. Yeah, it was right out here. I moved I'm, it to the I'm, house. I think I'm, I'm calling hoarders. I, you should call hoarders. Look at this place. I'm close. <laughs> I don't know who you're going to call between the cats and the fucking books and papers. But well, look, uh, I mean, like anybody else, you you have your record collection and a Japanese lamp on top and a cowboy hat. <laughs> But what I found was something uh, sort of surprising. I'd found a list that I'd made, I guess probably, it looks like maybe a year or so after college, my last year of college, of, of women I'd slept with. Oh, I made that list. Wow. And I'm sad to say, a couple of names on there. Don't remember. Couldn't place it. Uh, yeah, I'm that way. I can't remember. I can't remember people's names that I slept with at this point. I can't. I can barely remember anything. Yeah. I can't either. Yeah, but look, it, I, I've, I've, I've listened to your show and I've thought about this. Uh. I had no... Do you know what emotional geography is? Or maybe it's just a fucking term I made up. Uh, I, I like I, it. I, li- I don't even need to know what it is. I, I like it. I had like Happy no... Uh, I had like my feelings until I was about 32, until I got therapy and got my shit worked out, was anger. Just different levels of anger. There was like no happiness or this or that. I basically had no feelings until I got... No range. Just, no range. Right. I mean, there wasn't even. There was, like, e- it was, there was just... E- I was... Uh, uh, angry my- charm. Yeah. <laughs> And then the other versions of the hurtful anger. Well, some people are like happy and then I'm okay. And then I'm mad. For me, it was like, I'm really not angry. I'm kind of angry. I'm very angry. Like that was my... Have rage. you ever had that anger where you're trying to behave you know, and own your anger? So you just shut down completely and tear yourself up on the inside? <laughs> you kidding? I call that my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> I love that I, one. I, uh, you seem a lot better. I'm not communicating. Okay, at all. Ch- check this out. I, I when I was uh, I was living in New York and I took a trip out here uh, and with my girlfriend at the time and we were driving and I'm a huge like national park nature. I love that shit. So we were driving to this place called Red Rock outside of uh, Las Vegas and you have to get there when the sun's setting because that's when the, the rocks, rocks are red. Are red. <laughs> uh, and I misjudged the uh, I misjudged the, the drive. And so it was clearly we were going to miss it by like 45 minutes. And I am just driving like 110 down the highway. Will not say a word for like an hour and a half. Because you had no one to be angry at. I, had no one, I was just mad. Like so yeah. for an hour and a half. And she did nothing wrong. And she thinks that I'm like now going to kill her or something. Yeah, you probably could have in the car. Yeah. And so, you know, and then we get there and then and then I miss. And then I'm mad. I'm still mad. We miss the sunset. Then we go to. Las Vegas and and then I'm like okay well I'm over being angry and she's like okay well I'm no now I'm in a different place you don't just you, like that's my whole fucking yeah, life they don't they that's don't. what I always did it builds up in them like plaque yeah well how can <laughs> I'm like a psycho and then I'm like okay I'm not angry anymore she's like well now I am lunatic yeah, like that's just, everything that's you just my whole dumped deal. It in me. it's emotional plaque yeah look when, when you when when you get to a point where you realize how taxing it is I found how, that. I and found how it, exhausting right. it is. You don't want to do it anymore. And how and, much of it you make up. And how, Oh, you make up all of it. It's, yeah. all, it's, all, it's all bullshit because you, it's all conversations in your head that haven't happened. It's all... I, I went through a period where I, I had to realize that uh, it was all conversations in my head. Like I would... It's that thing where, you, where you, you, you're having this argument in your head and then the person knocks on the door and walks in and you're like, well, what the fuck about Japan? And they're yeah. like, well, I don't know what's happening. We've been talking about it in my head for an hour. Like... <laughs> It's that fucking, and you can, and I know I see people come up and do that. I'm like, you're having a conversation in your head. So once I realized I was doing it, it was a conscious effort to stop it. And once you stop it, 
you go, oh, this is so easy. Yeah, I have a choice. To not do it. Yeah. It's, it is a choice. It's so easy to not do it. And the other thing was me being a victim. Right. I realized that even my fan, even, you know, you know when you just kind of fan us a daydream or whatever about shit, they would always end up in, in, um, in victim story. Because the, the, the classic time I remember is I was at the gym and I was jogging and there was some sort of poster about Nepal. And I was like, fuck, it's so great to go to Nepal and just, just check out that country <laughs> and just see the Buddhist monks and just the mountains yeah. and everything. And then, and then I get probably get kidnapped by uh, Muslim terrorists, and they would hold me hostage, and then they'd eventually just cut off my head. And then I just stopped running, and I was like, "What the fuck just happened?" Seriously, I just took the the most awesome fantasy and turned it into me getting my head cut off. It's like so crazy, and that was a minute I was like, "Oh my god, I'm a victim," and you know, because I was in therapy at that time, and I literally like set out and did all this shit where like I was I was mad at my dad because he never ever ever once said he loved me so I went up and said it to him and he was like but you just I stopped being a victim because that was my whole thing right you know it goes all the way back to childhood of your bullshit right so it was just piling on top of each other and it became me and then there's self-pity involved in that too right yeah it's all that stuff yeah I I, it just reminded me of this story my buddy told me uh, he was taking his dad to Ireland his old dad Mm -hmm. he had to to go to the home country kind of deal and, uh, you know, they're planning the trip, you know, and they got the tickets and everything. And his father's just like, you know, a couple of weeks before they're, they're going, his father's beside himself, you know, just, you know, kind of like, you know, he can't keep his shit together about the trip. And my, my buddy Jim's like, what's the matter? And his father goes, well, where are we going to park? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck. <laughs> uh, see, I'm just so glad I don't think like that anymore. There's certain stories like that that never that never uh, that never. My my father does that too, and it takes it. It's worry too, you know. It's just it's all control shit. Yeah, you, you just wrap, and that's one of the other things that people who have God uh, or some you know spirituality you know sort of get past is that you know anything that keeps you in the present and makes you realize that you don't have the type of control, and there's no and any fantasy you're going to put forth, whether it's you know you win or or whether you lose, mm-hmm. is probably completely different to what's really going to happen and if you're not careful you may not even experience the experience itself because you're too busy right. you know, judging against this idea you had yeah i mean in my idea of spirituality this is just something i arrived at because i you know i had a hard time with all that shit but but it was basically like there are doors that are open and there are doors that are closed and for the first 30 years of my life i was banging through walls instead of looking at the doors you know there's just shit you can survey the situation and go Okay, that's what's supposed to be happening. I'm going to go that way. Yeah. Instead of, I would always be like, it's going to be my way. Right, and just, right. you know, walk through a cinder block. And right. it oddly didn't work. So, right. so that's sort of my idea of spirituality. It's just like, there's open doors and hey, why don't you fucking yeah. use them? Right. Take a chance. Yeah. Also. Like, yeah, take as, a chance. As, as walk a, into the fear and all right, that right. stuff. Right, right. As opposed yeah. to get stuck in that circle. There was one moment. It's all a matter of when you hear that shit too. I mean, I remember one time where, where uh, I think my book was coming out. And, uh, and, you know, uh, we were releasing the book and it was literally, I think, uh, you know, just, I think nine 11 happened, you know, a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. you know, before it was supposed to come out. That's a good sign. Well, no, but, but like, <laughs> it, it, despite, despite the, the amount of fear that everybody in the world was in, yeah. you know, mine was fairly personal. How is this going to affect my book yeah so that's i think a lot of authors said that when the when the yeah came right down. yeah how is this gonna affect, affect my, my, book. my book no but i said to uh i was remember i was just talking to my uh my editor and i'm like well it's gonna be okay right <laughs> uh and he goes uh he goes uh uh might not yeah 
Yeah, it, but th there was something about that moment where, where uh, you know, uh, that, of course, th that's the truth of it. Yeah, nobody knows. Yeah. And it's like, you, you can, you, there's that other, the other side of anger is that guy's constantly looking for reassurance. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like, am I going to be okay? Am I gonna, like, in that moment of panic, you need somebody to tell you it's going to be okay, even though, you know, it, it might not, it might not work out the way you want, well, but it will be okay no matter what. Well, but, you, you didn't have that guy when you were growing up. I, guess I didn't have that true. guy either. There was no guy going, you know what? Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. But right. At the end of it, you're fine. Right. No, I never had that. No. And that's that's what like 12-step programs do and all that shit. Yeah. They tell you that, you know what? It's actually going to be. It's actually going to be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Even all the shit that you go through, it actually all usually turns out fine. Yeah. Yeah. One way or the other. Yeah. You, you'll get through it. Yeah. yeah I, I, think that's, uh, I think that's probably true. I think we probably figured it all out. It's going to be okay, man. I don't want to fucking hug. Are we going to hug? We don't have to hug. All right, but that just got weird. It did? Nah, thank you. I know it'll be all right. There, you know, <laughs> there's a fucking internal struggle of me going, it's going to be all right, and then I beat that up. And yeah, then, yeah, 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 yeah. Shut up. I'm yeah. in charge here. I, it takes, it's a it's a long process for me getting through, I, it's not depression, but getting through just kind of being Well, you know what, it's a, a test, funk. Yeah, the testament to both of our, uh, our inner beings is that that guy we keep pounding down keeps getting back up. <laughs> That's the sad thing. You just, <laughs> just stay down. Jesus, give up. <laughs> I gotta be on Letterman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't knock me down, Ray. <laughs> you didn't knock me down, Ray. <laughs> God. All right, thanks, man. Yeah. That's it, folks. I hope you like the show. And thanks again to all you folks that showed up in Portland, that showed up in New York for supporting the show. I'm glad you enjoy it. And remember, you can always donate in several different ways. We've got this big donation. If you do a one-time donation of $250, I'll send you a Nerdcock shirt, a WTF shirt, my three CDs, and a very special Best of WTF Volume 1 CD that you can only get if you subscribe like that. You can donate whatever you want, but we are, you know, we are supported by listeners, and, and we'd appreciate it if you dig the show to you know, throw us a bone. Also, go to punchlinemagazine.com for all your comedy news needs. And hold on. Let me do it. Hold on. Pow! Wow! I just shit my pants. Justcoffee.coop. Available through a link at WTFPod.com. And also, the new fun thing. Yes, folks. The new fun thing is if you go to WTFPod.com, please get on the mailing list. I'm being diligent. I'm sharing parts of my life, pictures, links to performers who have been on the show, special deals for just you, what the fuckers. So get on that mailing list at WTFPod.com. Don't forget the Purple Onion, May 10th, 11th, and 12th in San Francisco. 8 o'clock shows, 15 bucks, cash at the door, 415-956-1653. Hope you can make it. And for God's sake, you people, thank you for listening. I love doing this. I really do.